Welcome to the Lessons from the Tank podcast, hosted by Joe Altieri, inventor of FlexScreen and Shark Tank entrepreneur from season 11. This podcast is by Shark Tank entrepreneurs for all entrepreneurs and anyone looking to learn, grow, and enrich their lives. Each episode features a different business leader who walked down that ominous corridor and bravely stood toe-to-toe with the sharks. Some got a deal and some didn't. But all of their stories will teach, inspire, and entertain as they share their incredible life lessons learned through the high pressure and sometimes crushing stress of their Shark Tank journeys. On this episode, we have the honor of having Ashley Drummonds, the founder of Abs Wellness that appeared on Shark Tank in season seven. Ashley and Joe talk about how it is okay to take a break. And now, here's your host, Joe Altieri. First into the tank is a low-calorie version of a favorite breakfast treat. Hey, Ashley, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Welcome to, welcome to Lessons from the Tank. Hey, Joe. Thank you for having me on here. I'm excited to talk to you guys. I am, too. We've had some uh, awesome guests, and I'm so happy that you're you're here. So um, first of all, I, I watched your episode as one of my prep episodes going into, you know, going into to, um, my airing and my taping. And I remember watching it mainly because your partner at the time, like, lifted his shirt up and showed off his abs, which was, you know, with the name of your company was was really um I, I don't know. Got it like a little whistle from Lori or something like that. Yeah. But um, but then I watched it again, and man, that was a tension-filled episode. I um, I, I was kind of on the edge of my seat. Can you can you give all the listeners if they haven't watched the episode or, or they don't remember it? Can you give a, a little highlight of your company and kind of what happened? Yeah, definitely. So I have abs protein pancakes. And the reason he lifted his shirt and showed his abs is because the whole product line and the tagline is that you can enjoy products, products, pancakes and waffles every day while staying fit, lean, losing weight and sticking to your nutrition goals. So I was about a year into the business when I did my filming for Shark Tank. And to just like fast forward through all of it. Basically I pitched, I went into the shark with the intention, the shark tank with the intention of wanting to get a deal with Damon. The only reason I wanted to get a deal with Damon is because he's got a lot of connections in the fitness industry and in the supplement space. So I did do my homework. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went in there and I was like super pumped because as you know, all you're thinking is like, don't mess up your pitch. Don't mess up your pitch. Like just get through the pitch and you're going to be fine. Then it's just conversation and negotiation. And I went into it, like nailed the pitch and started negotiating back and forth. And then when it comes time for the sharks to make the offer, Damon actually went out. So Mark ended up loving my product. He loved the pancakes, but said, I can't even remember, said something about how it was, he did something with nuts and more and it was conflict or I don't know. I don't remember. He went out. Then Kevin O'Leary was Kevin O'Leary and he went out as well. And then Damon went out and I almost like totally just zoned out of like, crap, Damon's out. What am I supposed to do right now? And so I like hurried up, focused back in. Lori went out and then Robert made a deal that I wasn't super excited about. And I was so close to taking his deal too, which was, I think it was 49% what we got to. And last minute, Damon came in, made an offer, couldn't resist, and I went with him. 
Yeah, it was it was crazy. Number one, um, Robert made his offer, and all the sharks were like against him. They're like, "Why are you doing this?" Like, because he was like like lowballing you a little bit. Like he wanted. Ha- I think he started off as he wanted half the company, and yep. Mark Cuban was like, "Don't do it. Don't do it." You know, if you if you disagree, yeah. now you're you're at a standstill because you you each own half and. Um, and then the whole time, Damon was like, you could see he was interested, but he is mm-hmm. out. Um, and and so when he uh, th- th- uh, when when he made his his counter offer, I guess uh, I could see your eyes lit up, and it, like there was no possible way you weren't taking the offer, which is you know pr- pretty awesome that that happened. Yeah, well, I mean that part when Mark and Damon they kind of started standing up for me. I actually really appreciated that moment because one, I'm scared to death. I'm like stressed out being in the shark tank to begin with. Right. And I only have this one deal and you're sitting there. I'm like, I don't really want to take that deal, but is it better to take the deal? I don't want from the set. And at least I have something or do I walk away with nothing? And I remember like, I was so conflicted that when they started kind of like standing up for me, I was like, yeah, Robert, are you going to do 50% of the work? Like, why are you trying to take advantage of this? That it kind of put me back in my body of like, okay, wait, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that kind of deal. Um, so yeah, so I actually, that was a really helpful moment. And then when Damon did come back in, I actually saw it like being on the set. I remember I was like, I can tell he's thinking about it. Come on, <laughs> help me come out here. Like, come on, come on. You, you can do it. I know you like the pancakes. Um, yeah, that was a no-brainer. As soon as he said that, I was like, done. I don't care about 2%. Like, at least it's something. So, yeah, it was awesome. You know, there were two things out of your episode that I thought were were in- interesting. The first is you were one of the only people where the Sharks were like, your valuation is good. Like, they, they, <laughs> they all like were like, yeah, you pretty much hit it for where you're at. Like, this is a good valuation. Um which again is so rare. I mean, that's just. I mean, right. we struggled over our uh, our valuation. Worked with the the business consultants and all that stuff to come up with something, and we still got hammered on it. Um, yeah. And so you you nailing that was that was great. I mean, did you did you do a lot of homework, or is it like, man, I'm just gonna throw a dart at a dartboard, and that, that's that's where we're at. This sounds like <laughs> the right number. Um, I can't take total credit for that. I did do homework, and I do remember like watching plenty of episodes where you basically like are going to get rejected if that's not on point of, because if you come in way too high, like that's just very arrogant. Nobody wants to work with somebody. I've seen people one recently, the guy was like offering, I think 5% for a $500,000 investment and he had no sales. And you're like, what, what are you thinking? Like, where are you getting this from? Um, so I took that into consideration and all honesty, my dad is a business owner and I actually went to him and I'm like, all right, I don't really know how to evaluate this. I also don't know what the multiple is for food and nutrition businesses. And he kind of helped me figure that out of like, all right, well, this is how much you've made. Maybe just somewhere around like double that, like just go in offering. I, cause I did 120,000 for 40%. And he was like, that's, that's reasonable. Mm -hmm. It's not overly high, but it's not overly low. So I did ask questions and got help because I was totally lost. Like, I don't want to come in, with an evaluation that doesn't interest them, but I also don't want to come in so high and then make and then feel stupid where they're like, "Where did you get that number?" I don't know. I just guessed. It's no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> well, and the other thing that that I got from from your episode is how you handled the adversity of the tank was was really good because, you know, to, to your point before, it, there's so much stress going into there, and I, and I think I, I don't think that 
anybody that has not been through that experience can understand like what mm-hmm. that feels like walking down and understanding that millions of people within a few months are going to see this good or bad or really yeah. bad um and yeah. and then to have something you know uh, the, the sharks were you know three of them were like hey these taste good and then two of them were like they didn't like it and mr wonderful of course being mr wonderful had some really negative things because he does that just to get you know just to do his thing that's his role um, yeah but you handled it really well i mean you did, it didn't it didn't seem to shake you in the moment which is um I, again a lot of times that isn't the case people get really defensive <laughs> or they break down and you just you're just like eh all right you didn't like them next it's just that just seemed like you were i mean first of all anything that is is fitness food it's it's not it's not like eating a ho ho you know what I mean so <laughs> I don't know what they were expecting you know um, yeah so well that's kind of the funny part of it because as you know like there's so much editing that goes on that and I remember because like they don't like you don't get to see what airs until oh, the no. whole world sees it that's the worst part you're like I have no idea what they're gonna show I hope they show something good and that makes my business look good and not the parts where I like totally screwed up um, so when they re-aired it. As you know, some of the reactions did not line up with what actually happened. Right. Because I remember seeing, I was like, that's not actually what he's responding to. He's responding to something totally different um, because all of them liked it. All of them liked it. And they were like, oh, it's pretty good, but I don't really care about my nutrition. Or like Lori liked it, but she, it, it was so funny. I was like, she goes, I want a zero carb product. And I just kind of laughed. I was like, I mean this with the most respect, but like, even vegetables have carbohydrates in it. Like you can't, it's not possible. You can't eat zero carbs. And it turned into like this whole nutrition thing about it. Um, But yeah, I guess part of that, of just like not really getting too worked up about it was because the only thing I cared about was getting through the pitch. Once that was done, we're just having a conversation. So if you like it, great. If you don't, I don't care because the pitch is done. That's all I wanted to do. I like burned all of my energy on just that, that by the time that was over, it's just, all right, what do you got? Let's, yeah. let's talk about this. <laughs> well, and it's funny because I tell people all the time, like the three phases, you know, if you get through the three phases, you have the pitch, which is so stressful because we've been working on it for a month ahead of time and you've really drilled it down with the producers uh, mm-hmm. and you want to memorize it and you want it to be perfect. Um, right. You know, then you have the let's rip you apart about your your business portion, yeah. right? Um, yeah. By the time you get to the the let's make a deal portion, you're like mentally exhausted. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> you yeah. are. You're just like, all right, fine, whatever. That's that's great. We'll take that. We'll take that deal. Um, it's so true. I remember taking a nap right after. I was just like, I need to go like just lay down for like two or three hours because you don't sleep the night before. Normally, your call time is like be here at seven a.m. So mm-hmm. really, you're up at like four, freaking out. You're just like, okay, it's done. I don't know what this is going to turn into, but like, I just need sleep for a second. So that they, um, they pulled a move on me. I was supposed to, I was actually supposed to, um, film on a Thursday. Um, mm-hmm. and they, they called me in. So we, we all met, uh, again, this changes from, you know, season to season, but you know, they had right. everybody in on Monday for the big meeting, you know, where they go through everything. And then, um, uh, we all had to practice our our pitches in front of the producers and stuff, and they kind of said, "Hey, some of you are going home, you, you know, so some of you aren't going to make it." Um, oh, so that yeah, would, yeah, yeah, you know. And then, um, so I was supposed to f- uh, film on Thursday, and they called me that Monday night and said, "Hey, um, your call times moved moved up to six a.m. tomorrow morning." 
So I thought I had two more days to like prepare yeah. and stuff like that. And so, yep. oh my goodness, it's just just crazy. So for those of you that are listening, yeah. these are all the behind the scenes Shark Tank stuff that us, you know, just normal people have to had to deal with going in. It's it's very stressful. It's nuts. I mine was not that drastic of a change, but they did do the same thing. Like you, that legal talk scared me. It <laughs> scared me so bad because you're sitting in front of the producers, and I was just like, oh my god, this is like no joke. And they're like, you don't text anybody, you don't talk to your friends about this, you don't tell your family. And you're like, okay, yeah, yeah sure, whatever, sure. okay, yes, yeah, whatever you say, that's fine. Um. And I had something similar, though, that it was like a Monday or Tuesday, and they're like, all right, well, we'll let you know when your call time is. So you're thinking like, well, they're going to at least give me 24 hours. Like, at least I'll have a whole day. And I got like a call at 10 o'clock the night before that my call time was at 7 a.m. And I was wow. like, what? I, I'm, I'm not ready. I can't do this right <laughs> now. Because mine's food, too. So I had to be backstage. They gave me three minutes to cook five stacks of pancakes oh and they all had to be perfect. And so I'm like, okay, remember the pitch, cook the pancakes, please don't burn them. I hope they're pretty. Like it's crazy. And that's what people don't realize is you're like, just breathe. Okay. What am I going to do if these pancakes don't flip right? I don't know. <laughs> then one of the sharks isn't going to get pancakes. That's all I can do. It's crazy. Everybody has to share one bite. Everybody can have yeah. one bite. <laughs> so you each get a dollop. That's all I had time for. That's one serving. <laughs> So how have things been since, since, I mean, you've, you've, this, you're a couple years in, so you're a veteran. Mm -hmm. I, I only have like a year and a half, um, of, oh, of shark. I know I'm still a baby. So, but, um, but how have things been? I mean, I, I know you've used your platform for a lot of other things other than your successful business, um, which I'd like yeah. to talk about that a little bit, but how has abs pancakes been? It's been good. I would say right where you're at that first year and a half is probably the busiest and the craziest just because I got randomly so many re-airs in that first year. I got like six re-airs within the first year of my initial one. So it was just constant exposure, which was great. Right. Um, and it's more about like the business you get from the exposure than the actual deal of Shark Tank, which is what you learn after the fact. Um, honestly though, after about 2017, I totally hit a wall and burned out from the momentum and just like took a step back. I was like, I need a break. And I, I didn't walk away from the business, but I took a very long break from the business just to kind of decide like, do I want to keep doing this? Do I want to sell this? Do I want to grow it? Like, what do I want to do differently? And I think every entrepreneur has this journey. Cause that was right around like my three year marker where I was just like, I don't, I don't know if this is really it anymore. Like this started out as this huge passion project and I've got like an entrepreneur's dream with all this exposure, except for it feels like something's missing a little bit, like something feels disconnected. It's not as fulfilling as it was in the beginning. So I took a long break from the business, did a ton of soul searching, um, actually moved. I moved cross country, sold everything, took my dog with me. And I was like, all right, what am I doing with my life? I don't know. Um, and I went to California and I got into, so I've always had a passion for wine. So I decided I was going to do something totally different. And I took the W set level three sommelier stuff and passed that. So started a whole journey in like the wine industry, consulting and educating people. And then I got like, all right, I had my fun in wine. I want to get back to my true passion, which is really fitness, motivational coaching, talking to people. But I needed that. Like I needed something totally different just to kind of figure out like, do I still love this? So now 
since probably about 2019, 2020, it's been a lot more of just bringing everything together because I started out as a personal trainer in the fitness industry, just helping people lose weight, but more importantly, like get motivated with their life to find their mindset coaching, to find their happiness, to find everything that they really needed that was within themselves. Um, and now everything comes together well. People are buying the pancakes. They're seeing how they can hit their nutrition and fitness goals by eating those. But now I also really love working with people as their fitness and mindset coach and just bringing it all together. So that's what's been going on the last year and a half, two years is just building out the new platform so that it complements the abs protein pancakes. You know what's what's interesting, and and I know we have a lot of things that that we might want to talk about here through the lessons. But you had just highlighted a great lesson that that uh, I've learned just through my journey, not not necessarily through through Shark Tank, but the whole entrepreneur mm -hmm. journey is, you know, you have to rediscover that passion for your business, or you're you mm -hmm. are going to burn out. Shark Tank just makes everything happen faster, hotter, yeah. um, you, you know, more intense because it's, there's so much attention that happens to to your company. But, yeah. but it is something that, uh, especially with young entrepreneurs, I, I see, like, are you really in love with your business? Because, mm -hmm. you know, those ups and downs happen, and sometimes you might need to take a break, or, or you might need to exit, because it, it's, yeah. it's not what you thought it was going to be. And um, so it, it's, um, it's interesting that, that you went through that, and, and, and you came back to it, too, which is... Which is yeah, yeah. Well, that's the hard part is because nobody talks about that stuff. You hear people going through the entrepreneur journey, but you don't hear anybody talking about like, oh, I stepped away from my business for a while because I had to decide if I still wanted it. Like you just hear about the hustle, the grind, the goals, all of that. When in reality, like the thing that gets a business off the ground and running is passion, inspiration, and motivation. If you don't have that anymore, it doesn't matter how hard you work. It's not going to go anywhere because it's coming from a totally different mindset. It's coming out of like desperation instead of inspiration. So, I mean, I took the break and I felt so bad about it just because nobody tells you it's okay. And I felt like, so I just remember working through this and it's easy to talk about now because like the more I'm working with other people and helping them, they're like, oh my God, thank you for telling me it's okay to take a break. I didn't know. So I just like didn't talk to anybody about it. I was like, oh yeah, I'm just going to do some other stuff for a while. Like don't ask me about the business because I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, but I always like entrepreneurship in your business is like any other relationship. It goes through ups and downs. And sometimes you've been in it for so long that you're going through the motion that you really do have to take a step back and decide does this still make me happy? And if not, it is okay for you to leave and do something different. And if it does, then you can take a break and come back to it. It's not going to totally fall apart. And I mean, this is totally different than the lesson I said before we started recording, but no, that's but this actually is great. Let's yeah, let's, <laughs> let's run with this one. This is awesome. Yeah, that's way better because there is, I know so many entrepreneurs that feel guilty about taking time off, about taking a break and admitting like, you know what? I actually kind of hate the business now. I don't want to do it anymore because everybody else, they're like, what are you talking about? You have shark tank, you have this. And you're like, but I'm drained and I'm exhausted and I need a second. Um, that that's, I mean, that's why I love talks like this and podcasts and just being in entrepreneur groups because you get that validation and that confirmation of like, Hey, I've been there. 
I've totally thought about selling my business and quitting and doing something totally new. I've moved away and like started a whole new life just because like, right. it's fine, but that's the process of self-discovery. You did it from high school to college. You find yourself, then you get out of college, you find yourself again. We just forget like after that milestone, like in your mid twenties, it's like, oh, so we have to have this figured out for the rest of our lives. But what happens if in three to four years, I'm a different person again? So it's just giving yourself permission to rediscover yourself. You're allowed to change your mind if you no longer want to do something. But also, you're not locked into a business if you're miserable. It's fine. Yeah, and, and I think that that is that's so enlightening for, for some people where you go, you don't have to do this. Like, who who are you doing this for? What What is yeah. the purpose? And whether it's a, a job a, a business, you know, I, I know just some high level executives that it's not their company, but they just feel this pressure to, you know, Hey, I'm a president of a company. I can't go be a sale, a car salesman. You know, how, how would I possibly make that backwards? I'm like, but you're unhappy right now. Like you, you, yeah. you hate your life. Why are you doing this? Like what would make you yeah. happy? Well, I'd like, like less stress. Okay. Well, what does that look like? You, you know, yep. what, is it all from your job? Oh, so it's mainly your job. So now what? So you're going to do that until you're 65, 70 years old? Like you, you, yeah. you resign yourself to being unhappy. And, um, yeah. and it's worse with entrepreneurs because we do have this, we have this um, vision that it is all about the grind, right? If I'm not working seven yeah. days a week, you know, you have the, the um, people out there saying, look, all you have to do to be successful is grind, 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 grind. And, yeah. you know, and there's a lot to that. There, there is. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not discounting that. Um, but, that's not all life is though. And, and right. that's, that's a big shift in somebody's mentality. Um, I had to go through that a couple of years ago where, where I, uh, to your point, I hated the business. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, and, and it wasn't that I didn't like what I had grown. It was just the stress was so much. Yeah. And so you go through that self-discovery. And then when I decided that I was going to stay, instead of being forced to stay, when I decided, it was just, mm -hmm. it was just a flip that, it was just a switch that went, oh, now I'm making the choice. Now I'm right. here because I want to be here and I want to grow this thing. And it, nothing changed in the day-to-day. -day, right. But in my heart, it, it did. Um, and I know you help, um, just to, to let our listeners know, you, you do some consulting. You also have an amazing mm -hmm. podcast where you, you help people go through this um, you know, self-discovery. Uh, how do you bring people through that, that, those, that stage? I know we have a couple minutes here, but are there some exercises yeah. that you help people with to, to do that? Oh man, gosh. Yeah. I've got some people going through it right now. Like they are in it. Like I tell that like, oh, because you and I were messaging about, it's called Phoenix rising. It's all about like the rebirth and the transformation process that like they are in the fire because they're like three weeks into working with me. And the whole process is one, I always put people through a very structured strength training program. And the reason being is because sometimes when we're at our weakest just physically mentally and emotionally is usually when some of our deepest fears and subconscious beliefs come up because we can't be we can't do it anymore we can't hold on facades we can't keep the same front that same face we're showing the rest of the world when you're tired so i put people through these different strength training programs and every single time like i have people crying in the middle of their workouts i have people like running in from a mile just like tears streaming they're like why am i crying i'm like because you're actually feeling things now. You're being pushed to a point where you can't pretend anymore. So that's part of the process. But then there's also different, there's guided meditations I put them through to help them really check in with their intuition and to discover what their current belief systems are. Like, 
I'm not allowed to take breaks. I'm in a business. Um, money is hard. I have to work hard. Like we get super deep on just figuring out what is the current programming in your brain and in your mindset that is dictating all of your behavior and creating your unhappiness? Because in order to change that, we have to go through a process of unblocking and then reestablishing new beliefs that actually do work for you. So it's a very deep dive. We get on calls every single week and go through it together. I make them journal every single day. Um, it makes me emotional just because like I actually, this is what I've always wanted to do is really help people and help them just uncover what their main passions and purposes are. But in order to get there, it's like an onion. You got to kind of peel back all the different layers that have been holding you back that aren't actually true to your genuine, authentic self. It's the self you've become based on all these shoulds and conditionings that no longer serve you. That's amazing. My goodness, you said a mouthful <laughs> right there. Um, but uh, so, um, wow, I, I don't even know where to start with that. But um, okay. uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is something that, again, for me personally, uh, I've gone I've gone through that with um, our business. You know, I, I mm -hmm. made a switch uh, about two years ago where I made a decision that my business is going to serve me instead of me serving my business. So there's some things right. that I, I love. I, I love helping people. I love speaking in public. I love doing podcasts mm -hmm. and things like this. Um, you know, you, everybody that comes on, they're like, oh, you, you, you're a screen company. You have a podcast studio. Like, I'm like, I do it because my business does it. It allows me to do the things that I love. And right. if, if it can't do that, why am I doing this? You know, what, yeah. what, 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 what am I serving to, to what am I giving up to, to, um, to this business that I'm not getting back? And so, yeah. um, and, and again, that's, it's a huge shift. I know so many people that they just serve their business. They just live for their business. Um, and you know, so yeah. we had to put guardrails up in our, and my wife and I, we had to put guardrails up in our, our lives, you know, like, um, Sundays is sacred. Um, not, not, um, religiously, but it's, it's a yeah. day that we don't work. We don't work on the business. Um, yeah. and it's family time and that's it. And I will never, I never sit down on my computer on Sunday. You know, it's just some of those mm -hmm. things that we put in our lives to say our business serves us. We don't serve our business. And right. Um, yeah. No, so. that's so important. I mean, that's my Saturday. Sunday for me is actually like my Monday because it's the day when nobody else is going to email me. And yep. I feel like, all right, I'm a day ahead of you. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with that. I've had to learn and establish my own rules for myself like that. Like my phone goes on airplane mode after 8 p.m. I don't check my phone in the morning until I've like connected and done some stuff for myself. That way I can start from like a place of empowerment instead of being depleted. Um, and then, yeah, I have one day a week where it's like a screen free day, no work, no social media, nothing, because I mean, that's how you show up best for what your business does. Otherwise, like you're just constantly giving it all away and you can't show up as your best self like that. So, um, so for somebody that's struggling with this, you know, right now, they're like, you know, I, I hate my job. I hate my business, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. What's a, like, what's a good starting point for them to, to start? doing some, some reevaluation. Um, what, what, like, is there, is there something that you would give like, you know, Hey, this is, this is, this is the first key get, get started here. Yeah. Uh, the first thing, like when people tell me that when they're like, I hate my job, I hate my relationship. I hate all this is they one people usually want compassion and pity because like feel bad for me. And instead right. I ask, why do you continue to stay in a situation that you don't enjoy? Normally it stems from, a fear, 
of if I change it, then I may never find anything else. Or it stems from a lack of self-worth. I don't deserve better. This is as good as I can get. So in those situations, I always have people like, all right, take out your pen and paper, ask yourself, why am I staying in something that I am so miserable and so unhappy with? Wherever you start is fine. From there, start to break it down. It's like, well, because nobody gets to make money in their passion. Well, because nobody actually is happy in their job. Whatever the belief is, and then you break it down again. Okay, where did that come from? Is that what you actually believe? Or is that something you picked up from family, society, friends? And I mean, it's a whole, like, break it all the way down until you get to the core of the thoughts and the beliefs that are dictating your life to keep you in that situation. And then make the decision to change what your beliefs are. And you got to get like really personal with yourself. What do I actually think? Actually, I kind of think you can live your passion and purpose and be successful. Okay. What's your passion and purpose? Like now we are moving from your genuine self from a place of who you actually are and what you want. Instead of just, I always call it being on autopilot instead of like somebody put you on auto drive and you're not even like looking around, paying attention to what's going on. You just are running around like a victim in your life. Um, so that's always what I go to when people have anything that they're unhappy with. Okay. Why? What's going on? Well, my boss is a jerk. Okay. It's not about your boss. Why are you in the job that you hate with a boss that treats you like crap? Why don't you feel like you deserve better? So that's usually what I do is I immediately make people forget about everybody else. Like let's put this all back on you. Do you believe you have a choice to change it? If so, why haven't you changed the situation? Yeah, I, um, again, so so much wisdom there. The the victim mentality <laughs> is, I mean, it's in all of us. It really is. I mean, there's yeah. times, you know, even uh, again, you you take people like us who who have, uh, you know, one quote unquote the Super Bowl of small business, right? We we went on uh, on and and it's so easy, especially when you're going through it, to feel sorry for yourself in some ways, like oh, yeah. oh all this work, oh my goodness, like, you know, what, whatever the case may be. And you, from the outside, people are like, you have it all figured out. You were just, just, you know, you just, it's this amazing thing. And, um, but so all of us have that victim mentality inside of yeah. us. So, um, well, and I do think there are times when it serves a purpose and I did a whole episode on this is I don't think it means like you never feel bad about yourself or want pity. There's times where you need somebody to be like, Hey, you're going through a hard time it's totally fine if you hate your business and all that and you go do what I did and just like move cross country and do something totally different because you need permission to be unhappy because once you allow yourself the permission to feel that instead of feeling guilty about it, then you're in a place where you can actually make change because you're not trying to resist something. You're not resisting of like, no, 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 but I can't admit that I don't like this. I can't admit. And like, no, just give yourself permission. Let's, let's be honest. You might hate your life. Now that you've exhaled, what do you want to do about it? Like it serves a purpose. Normally when you're that miserable, it's your subconscious or your intuition or God or universe, whatever people believe it's trying to guide you to something of like, Hey, we hate this. Let's do something different. But you have to be willing to listen to that and tap into that and really do the work to move through it. Man, I, I, I honestly, I don't know what else we could possibly add to this episode. You have been so enlightening. Um, and I, and I have been, I, well, I, again, I, I just think that this is a different type of, um, advice that, um, most entrepreneurs never hear. And, and yeah. I thank you for that. And I have been listening to your podcast. So can you give, give it a plug, give it a plug. So Phoenix rising. 
Yes, right? it's called Phoenix Rising. You might have to put my name, Ashley Drummond's, in there to pop up. I didn't know there were other podcasts named that, but yeah, Phoenix Rising. And um, and uh, your your company is Abs Pancakes, right? Yep. Um, and if they're down in Tampa and they want you to, you know, help out with uh, getting them in, in shape, they can do that as well, right? Yeah, um, shoot me a message. Go to the website and send me a message or Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. I I, I got so much out of this. I, I hope that all of the listeners have as well. And um, I think you and I are actually going to um, do another podcast. Like for my other podcast, Dare to Be Different, I think you and I are going to talk yeah. about some some fun stuff. So um, I'm really thank excited about that. Me. Yeah, this has been this has been fantastic. So thank you so much for being part of the show. And um, I, I look forward to keeping up with your journey. So thanks so much. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Lessons from the Tank. If you got value from today's podcast, we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast so you are notified when a new episode is posted. If you would like to support our podcast, please review it and share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.